Who else thinks it's weird that I keep on getting introduced? No? Hannah does. Thanks. <laughs> You're the best. All right. Is there anybody who is like a little bit... Is there literally anybody who was sad about like getting a bit cold and wet in the weather outside before? Is there anybody... Is it, okay, there's a couple of Panthers. There's a couple of people who think they're smart too. That's good. Hey, uh, can anybody tell me? I've uh, I've been talking on the same topic for the last couple of house parties. Is there anybody who can tell me what it is? Anyone? Identity. Nice, Drew. Thanks, bro. That is right. This term I have been talking to you about identity. I'm excited to keep on talking to you about it because I think it's really important. So in the first week, all I wanted to do was remind you that you are important and that you have a purpose and that the identity you choose for yourself either leads you towards that purpose or away from that purpose. And last house party, I spoke about how we often put up a bit of a front. There's a front that we can hide behind, that we present to the world. And I encouraged you to think about who you actually would like to be and what you want your character to look like. And that maybe some good places to look for those things was to look to some people who you'd like to be like and maybe also to look towards who God wants you to be. But why am I so passionate about this that I will still be talking about it after three weeks? Well, I want to remind you why I'm so passionate. It's because I've spoken to far too many youth over the years who don't like who they've turned into by the time they leave youth group and move into uni or work or whatever it is that they do next. I've spoken to far too many youth who have built up these walls to project this false identity in the hope that it will make them feel safe, only to realise that they've built a lonely space and a space that closes in on them until they feel like they can't breathe. Your true character, your true identity will always catch up with you. That is a fact of life. And as a teenager, it caught up to me. But this is the good news. If you are young and you feel like you have never struggled with this yet, you are in such an incredibly good place because you get to hear about all the warning signs of when your identity might be getting a little bit unhealthy. And we can help you avoid getting to that place that I just described. But if you feel like you are in that place, I've got great news. We're here and talking about this so we can figure out a way for you to sort out your identity so that you can breathe freely again. That is great news. But uh, my message tonight, it comes with a little bit of a warning. If you've been feeling comfortable for the last few weeks while I've been talking a bit generally about identity and you've been able to say to yourself, that's not me, I've got it all under control, there is a chance that tonight you might realise that it's not quite as under control as you thought it was. Because I want to help you by naming some of the roadblocks that we unintentionally put up on the path to having a healthy identity. They're the things that prevent us from having the freedom of controlling and owning our own identity. You may have heard previous messages and thought you had it under control. And 
For some of you, that might be true. You might still listen tonight and go, no, I've still got this under control. But I just wanted to bring maybe some pointy edges to what I've already been talking about this term. And, and not so that you'll feel bad, but just so that you have the tools, that you have the warning to see what's coming down the path. So instead of arriving at a massive roadblock, you can stop yourself from getting there before that happens. Because maybe something that I talk about now, you go, that's not a massive problem for me. That's just a little speed hump a long way away. If we don't notice those things and do something about them, by the time they get to us, sometimes they're massive roadblocks. So let's talk about some of the roadblocks that might say that maybe there's like a little edge or a little crack in your identity that maybe it's not quite as safe and secure as you might think it is. And the first one is this. If you put a lot of effort into looking like somebody else. And the obvious example here is being obsessed with like a celebrity or some style of celebrity. I don't think there's anybody here at the moment, but like I remember this one kid who was like, he just wanted to be a pro wrestler and that was all his identity was wrapped up in was that he was going to be a pro wrestler. But do you know what's even crazier about that story? He is a wrestler now, which is kind of crazy. So there you go. Maybe he was on the right track, but maybe it's a style of celebrity or maybe it's a character that you choose to look and act exactly like instead of being yourself. Now, don't get me wrong, because I've been encouraging you to pick healthy role models and to pick parts of their character that you want you to be like, but you were made to be you and not a direct clone of anybody else. And now this was the first thought I had when I wrote this point of looking like somebody else being a warning sign. But I actually realized during this week that I think there's a much more common modern version of the looking like somebody else roadblock in your slash our generation. And I call that the online identity if there are things that you say online, whether that's text or Snapchat or Insta, either positive or negative, that you wouldn't say to that person in real life, it's a warning sign that your self-identity isn't as healthy as it could be. This is a, a great example of the wall I described the other week, except instead of a wall, it's a phone in between you and the other person that gives you that false sense of security. There's this false sense of safety when there's a screen in between two people, I think. If you wouldn't say it to their face because it's mean, then you shouldn't say it online. I can't put it to you any simpler than that. But more than that, I think there's more to it than this because I know that you guys have sat through all the cyberbullying stuff at schools these days and I don't want to rehash that. I think there's more to what we sometimes might say online than not say in real life. Because here's the thing, I think if you wouldn't say to their face because it's a little bit risky because you don't know what their response might be, maybe the sort of risky thing that we would say online that we wouldn't say on person is, hey, I, I kind of like you. How much easier is that to say online when we have the safety screen up? Can I encourage you? Take a chance. Live a little. Have a crack. 
<laughs> Honestly, even if they, even if it turns out that they don't like you, we all like to hear kind things and we all like people who are brave enough to tell us kind things. I don't think you'll lose a friend over something like that. And trust me, if in this potential example, if they are to say yes, how much bigger the reward is if you do it in person. And on that note, on that note, we've got all the giggling children now. (laughs) He's talking about getting a girlfriend. (laughs) It's really great that they record this. I can just relive that moment over and over again. Here's something else. Here's something else. I think that there are people in this room who for some reason trust in the safety of the screen between them and other people to say nice things as well. Maybe, you know, you say kind things online, but you just, you never do it in real life. Maybe, you know, it's like my group of friends doesn't do that. All we do is give people a hard time in person, but I kind of try to be nice online. Can I encourage you to take it to the real world? Real life interactions have so much more power than online ones, even if they feel slightly uncomfortable. Plus it avoids misunderstandings and it is so much more genuine. If you try to look like somebody else, if you have what might be like a slightly different persona when you're online and talking to your friends than when you're talking to them in real life, Mm -hmm. that's a warning sign that maybe your identity isn't as healthy as it could be. Okay, roadblock warning sign number two is needing to look right. And this comes in phrases like, I need some new clothes to help me fit in. Or maybe if I don't have the latest phone slash laptop slash tablet slash car slash video game slash whatever else, I'll look like a loser to my friends. I have to have that thing for me to feel good about myself. There's nothing wrong with wanting to look good or have nice clothes or have like a fancy trinket that does lots of things like a phone. But if those things go from being nice luxuries to being necessary for you to be able to feel good about yourself, then that's a warning sign that your identity is maybe not as healthy as it could be. Here's the third one I've got for you. It's wanting to look mature. I think this is a trap that a lot of teenagers fall into. And I think it's a trap that I fell into as a teenager as well. I think through your teenage years, looking mature is about doing things that you associate with being an adult while you still hold on to like your sense of fun. Like I want all the stuff that an adult has that's fun but I don't want to take on board any of the responsibility that comes with that. You see how there's like a gap here in reality when that's, the, uh, when that's how we split things up. But we hope that looking like an adult or acting more mature than we are will bring acceptance or bring recognition with some friends. Maybe we'll look like the big man or we'll look like the strong woman who can do anything if we can do the things that an adult does. You know, this is lots of things, but I mean, it's, it's obviously stuff like smoking, it's underage or excessive drinking, drugs, sex, 
Again, these days, I know you've all been through a million programs in school, and I'm not here to, you know, redo any of those tonight. But I know that the fact that you've been through all those programs means that you know the risks and the dangers that come with those things, and yet teenagers still feel themselves being pulled into that trap. So why do we feel the need to do these things that we know we're not ready for? Although there can be other reasons... I think that the underlying core reason the vast majority of the time is identity. Whether it's for recognition in your group of friends or to escape what you don't like about your identity, it's a warning sign that your self-identity isn't as healthy as it could be. And by the way, I think in particular with some of those things, when you get caught up in them as a teenager... They can carry through into your adult life for a long time and be really hard to get rid of if you decide you do. So here's the last one. I'm nearly done. It's this. Letting something that isn't character-related become part of your identity. Letting something that isn't character-related become part of your identity. We kind of spoke about this in the first week, but let me remind you, if you let anything that isn't a character quality become part of your core identity, you're setting yourself up for an issue. Now, what do I mean by like a character, a character quality as your identity? That means that you say that my, my identity, who I'm going to be is about my character. It's that I'm going to stand up for people who are being pushed down. I'm going to be respectful of people. I'm going to be someone who's fun to be around. I'm going to encourage someone. You see, those are all things that when we look at someone, we say they have great character. But all too often, we make other things a part of our identity. And unfortunately, not much lasts in this life. And there is a crisis coming down the road towards you. If your grades, your future career, your leadership positions, your sporting prowess, your job, your girlfriend or your boyfriend, your friends, your good looks or anything else that isn't character related become a part of your core identity. Because if one of those things is a part of your core identity and you lose it, just because that's how life goes, what are you left with? Character stands the test of time. And I mean, this, this really sums up the other things I've already spoken about. And I kind of, I wanted to have a few specific ones and then give you the broad point. But this is the overarching thought. Don't let your relationships hold you back from having the identity that you want to have. Don't let having a, a screen or another wall up be something that holds you back from who you actually want to be. Don't let trying to imitate somebody else be who you are don't make trying to look cool in front of your friends make you who you are let your character define you so i guess the takeaway from this is did any of these things ring any alarm bells for anybody in the room whether it was a big clanging one with a big red flashing light or maybe just a little oh that hurt a little bit more than i expected to be hurt at youth tonight by the message? Were you able to see any of these roadblocks either in your life already or 
maybe down the road somewhere, if one of your behaviours or something about your identity got a bit bigger or got a bit out of control. If you did, then that's what the youth team is here for, to talk to you about it and to try and help you figure out how to make character your identity and not other things. Because I believe, and the reason I'm a youth pastor, is that you were made to be the best you possible. And not in a shallow Oprah, you do you kind of way, because that is super surface level, but in a much deeper, fulfilling way, a joyful way, a way that brings joy, not just in the easy times, but in the hard times. The thoughtful, considered version of you, where you make decisions about who you want to be, and you go get that rather than letting circumstances decide who you're going to be. You are not the best version of you just yet. And neither am I, and that's okay. But the God that I know is making me new every day and guiding my steps and guiding my character and guiding my identity. And he wants to do the same for you. So I'm simply going to close by praying some of God's promises about that over you. So let's let's all stand while I do that, and, and then we'll go back to the band. So these are God's promises to you, turned into a prayer by me. Dear Lord, let us never give up. Though we're tested and we might be struggling with who we are, With you, our spirits can be renewed every day. Make our big problems look small and temporary compared to the glory and joy you bring in every one of us that will last much longer than any of our troubles. Help us to look beyond the stress, conflict and confusion that we see today and help us to notice the ways you're working in our lives that we can't see as clearly yet. We know that because of you, The things that we can't seem to ignore right now will be gone soon. But the things that you are doing that we can't see will last forever. Thank you. We love you so much. In your name, amen.